good that we get some opportunities to be able to meditate on family because family is such an important part of our lives, right? We all come from a family. We're all part of a family. Um, But certainly there are times we don't feel exactly like we're a perfect family. But um, even the Holy Family, you know, if you want to ever compare yourself to them, at least you didn't lose the Messiah for three days, you know? Um, So, you know, no matter what happens, you know, things happen in the messiness of family in the midst of life. Um, But at least you don't have St. Joseph's role as well. I, I think of that. If anything goes wrong in the Holy Family... Whose fault is it? Well, it's not Jesus's, right? Jesus is perfect. Jesus is the Son of God. It's not Mary. She was immaculately conceived and is without sin. So, got to be Joseph. It's a tough, tough road. Tough way to go. Tough role in the family. We all have different roles within the family. We all have different um, kind of difficulties within it. Even the perfect family where we say, well, they've got it all together. They've got it all perfect. They've got it. They have their own struggles. They have their own difficulties that maybe you don't see, but that are certainly present in the midst of all families, because all families are made up of members which are not perfect. And so we struggle. One of the things that uh, should be, well, one of the things that to know with, about family is that a family is not just the addition of the individual members that are a part of it. Okay, so uh, it's kind of a confusing. So they're not just the individual members put together. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean by that uh, similar to the to the body, to the human person. The human person is not just the individual members of the hands, of the feet, of the head put together. There's something more to a human person than just. The hand and the feet and the legs and the head and the shoulders. There's something more that when it's all together, it's animated in such a way that there's something more present there in a human person with all the members present. Of course, even if I lose my hand, I'm still a human person, right? I'm still active. And in the same way with a family, when we put all of the members together, there's something more that is there than just the individual members. That something more is present there. We sometimes, as, as Americans and just in the, in the modern world as a whole, in kind of the preaching of individualism, kind of just see the family as a, a nice conglomerate of, of people who have some common, you know, commonality. Well, we're, we're, we have the same DNA, right? We're kind of stuck together. And as long as it works for me, I'm going to continue to be in relationship with them. But there's something more there. There's something more than just out of convenience. There's something more than just out of what works well for you or me. There's something more when the family comes together and lives. We also sometimes experience the family and we, and we kind of look at it and we, we kind of get pulled in a lot of different directions, right? We've got a lot of kids or siblings or aunts and uncles. You kind of feel pulled in a lot of different directions because you can't give your individual time to each person. But we shouldn't understand that as a division of love. See, because the family 
In fact, with the increase of members, actually increases the amount of love. We sometimes imagine that, you know, a person of parents only have so much love, and so they've got, you know, a hundred units, right, of love. And if they have one kid, well, then they put a hundred percent of their love into that one kid, and, and then that kid is fully loved. But if they have two kids, well, then they've got to split it, right, 50-50. And, you know, they're not exactly completely loved. And then if they've got four kids, well, then you've got to split it 25, you know, 25, and it's like, oh... If they have any more than four kids, I mean, you might as well put them up for adoption, right? I mean, I mean, how are you going to be able to love and, and to be able to give them their time? But when we realize that we love, it's not a division that happens. It's not that love is just about how much attention I can give in a specific minutes and time of the day. But there's something more that happens within a family that's cultivated as a family, as a whole of love. That, yes, the individual parents maybe can't give 100% of their attention to each child. But guess what? They shouldn't be giving 100% of their attention to any of their children. Because guess what? They have a spouse, right? That their spouse requires the attention as well. And in fact, gets the first priority in the family. Then in the midst of the family of, of, of life is that siblings shouldn't just be competitors of their parents' attention, right? But instead that each of the siblings should also help love and help take care of each other. That instead of a division of love, there's in fact an increase in love. That love is not just a specific amount, but as there's more in your life, that you actually learn how to love more. How to be stretched more in love. And that's where God is working, right? That God is working within the family to create a family that's that's nurtured in love. That is a school like Nazareth. A school of prayer, a school of God, and realizing that God Himself is not divided by having so many children here on earth, but instead is able to love each one of us undividedly. That He's not divided in His love of people. We realize that God Himself, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, took on humanity and became man and that he himself lived out that role in a family of love and of obedience at the end of the gospel today there's this great line after that he came back to them to nazareth and was obedient to them imagine imagine that the second person of the trinity the creator of the world who knew everything right who was obedient to human parents. Now, even for ourselves, right, where we might think that we know everything, right, (laughs) even though that we don't, are called to be obedient to our parents. Not in a way that we're like children are slaves, right? It also says in the first reading, um, 
or in the in the uh, sorry in the second reading, which were different than the ones that were in the Roman or in the in the missal. If you were looking in the missal, were different. They had different options for the first and second reading, and I chose, of course, the other ones. But in the second reading, we read, "Fathers, do not provoke your children, so that they might may not become discouraged." And I think there's kind of an aspect that parents are supposed to be good parents as well, right? That the parents don't just have children so that they can do the dishes. Even though that I felt like that sometimes growing up, right? Just so that they can do work. No, right? It's so that they can do work so that they can learn, right? And that obedience and that right uh, discipline happens so that they might grow up, so that we might grow up to be better human persons, right? That there are certain times of discipline and chastisements. There are certain work and expectations that are placed, not to the detriment of the children, but to, in fact, the flourishing of the family. And when the family flourishes, the individual members flourish as well. We ourselves are all part of a family, and certainly our roles are all different and changing all the time. The obedience that you have to your parents when you're 10 years old is very different than the obedience that you have when you're 40 years old. But there's still an obedience and respect that happens. There's still a love. There's still a connection. There's still a desire of relationship and of forgiveness. We ourselves have been communicating and and interacting not only with our nuclear family over the last few weeks over Christmas but also extended family. That those extended family can sometimes be the most difficult, right? They're the ones who are closest to us, who know us so well, and we sometimes are closest to our heart and can sometimes cause the greatest damage and hurt and difficulties. But yet those are the people that we're called to learn in this school of love, this school of forgiveness, right? To be able to help forgive them, to be love them, Not so that they can just walk all over us, but so that there can actually be an increase in love in the midst of that extended family. In that relationship that God has given us by our birth. One of the best or kind of ways that I kind of see when a family really has kind of cultivated a family of love. And, and, has, and has been beneficial to all the different members and is really focused on obedience and, and to be able to be a blessing to each other. I see that most especially at funerals. At funerals where the love isn't divided, but instead the love is multiplied. Where even if it's a small group or a larger family, where there are many hands to help. Where there are many hands to extend condolences, to help out, to be able to help share the burden, to be able to help be together and to love each other and to care for each other. We ourselves want to be a family of love. Of course, who doesn't? But that family of love begins with us. With us realizing that we don't always get what we want, right? That we don't just interact with our family when we get what we want or when it's convenient for us. But instead we give ourselves to the family to build up something more than what we can individually do by ourselves. We have that nuclear family. 
We have that extended family. But I also would like to just give mention, lastly, to the family that you have here. That as Christians, we are called brothers and sisters in Christ. That none of you are without family. And all of you are with family here. Not only blood, but also by faith. That we come to the Lord's table together as brothers and sisters, worshiping God together, being obedient to the Father together, giving Him honor and reverence. We come before each other, building each other up together, not just as individual members who come together, but as when we come together that we're something more than just the individual parts. We come here together as a faith community, but as a faith family. Not just here at St. Joe's, but throughout the whole world. Wherever there's a Catholic church, that's your home. Wherever there's another Christian, that's your brother and sister in Christ. And so may we remember that we're never alone. And that we're called to be something, to be a part of something more than just ourselves. We're called to be part of a family. The way that God builds up the building blocks of the whole world. And we come here today to ask the Holy Family for their intercession, for their help, in the midst of a crazy world, in the midst of sometimes crazy families, right? In the midst of the messiness, in the midst of, of losing the Messiah, in the midst of mistakes. We come here before God as, as humans. Him knowing our frailty, coming before Him and asking for His help, and asking to be true members of His family of love.